Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. So let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit tonight. Even as we move into, we transition, we go to the Word. What I always believe for is that the Holy Spirit really far exceeds what I say in the natural realm. The Holy Spirit's saying so much through you and over you tonight. Amen. So just continue to receive the Holy Spirit's ministry. He has the superior ministry. Amen. There's nothing like the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Everything can be changed and different tonight. It's, that's not hype. That's not, that's not pom-pom and high-kicking and cheerleading. I'm telling you, it's real. Everything can change tonight because of the Holy Spirit. In one moment in the presence of God, or one revelation from the Lord can release you into a realm of breakthrough. Amen. So we receive it tonight, Lord. Just put out your hands tonight in the name of Jesus. We're receivers. We're receivers. And Lord, we just drink in of you tonight. We eat of you tonight. We eat of your presence and your goodness tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for cleansing. Thank you for empowerment. Thank you for healing in Jesus' name. We speak healing even through the generational line tonight, Lord. Those that are represented by those that are sitting in this room, through the, through the family line and the lineage, Lord, that is seated here, that is represented, that is standing here, sitting here before your throne tonight, Lord. Those that are represented, family, Lord, that your river flows through the family. The river flows to the prodigal in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Salvation come to the prodigals. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So you do me a favor later tonight. Just remind me to receive our regular tithes and offerings. Will you do that? Just remind me. I want you to grab your Bibles. Let's just go right into the Word tonight. And we can transition later with announcements. And Cody, thank you so much for you and Sandra's sensitivity and leadership tonight. Thank you. Appreciate you. I'd like you to grab your Bibles. I didn't tell you where to go, did I? Just grab your Bible. <laughs> I'd like you to go to Psalm 94, if you would, for a moment. Psalm 94. Thank you, Jesus. You can hold your place in Psalm 94 and then grab your place in Romans 13 as well. How y'all doing? Y'all well? You good? Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. So as you're turning pages, I want you to just pray for about 20 seconds for me and pray that the Lord really uses me tonight and pray for such a rich anointing to flow through this time in the word this evening and the Lord would release what he desires to release over us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mighty word, Lord. Thank you for the anointing upon the word. Thank you for revelation. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. So I'm in Psalm 94 tonight. And 
Stay with me this evening because I, I believe there is going to be a rich impartation tonight for our body. Um, and I feel like this is really a meaty, a meaty portion for us tonight. And so let's, um, let's eat strong. Let's eat maturely. Amen. Can we do that? And let's receive what the Lord has for us. Psalm 94, are you there? O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs. Wow. To whom vengeance belongs. O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Wow. What a prayer. Isn't that powerful? Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. And yet they say, the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob understand. Understand you senseless among the people and you fools. When will you be wise? He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructs the nations, shall he not correct? He who teaches man knowledge, The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. Wow. For the Lord will not cast off his people. Say amen. The Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment will return to righteousness. (laughs) And all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have been settled in silence. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. And a multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts, your comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of Of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense. And my God, the rock of my refuge. And he brought on them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. Wow, that is strong. That is very strong. I want to lay this tonight as a foundation to kind of set a course. And many times I, I will give a text and I will preach from a text, but tonight I'm going to preach to a text. And there's a difference from moving from the text or moving to the text. So tonight we're going to ascend the mountain tonight in this. I want your eyes to just fall across verse 16 one more time out of Psalm 94 and hear these words once again where he says, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? I want to say to you, I believe God is still speaking this in 2020 in this hour. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? In a book I wrote called Bold as Lions, I wrote extensively about a man. His name is 
um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he was mightily used of God. He was a young pastor. He was truly a pure, strong, prophetic voice that God raised up during World War II as Hitler and the Third Reich were marching across Europe with their just demonic hordes. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a young man that God raised up. He was a prophetic voice. He openly denounced Hitler courageously, prophetically denouncing Hitler, denouncing the Third Reich. He was a brilliant theologian, a mighty theologian. He was a teacher of universities and seminaries, but he was also a spy that worked and coordinated to try to assassinate Hitler. How many of you have heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Excellent. I'm going to bring some notable things out about his life tonight, a little bit later in this message. But I want you to go to Romans chapter 13 tonight. I want to set some things in place. We, uh, how many of you would agree that we're in a, such a very peculiar, messy time in our nation? And you understand the gravity and the weightiness of what is going on in our nation. This is not just theater that is being played out before us. There is a real warfare to win the very soul and the destiny of our nation. You all understand that? There is a real warfare. I said last week, and I want to say this again, when God goes to war... He only goes to war to establish peace. That's why God goes to war. And God is in a present war to win our nation back to Him. And He is enlisting men of God and women of God. I'm not talking about people out there. I'm talking about the ones I'm looking into, the whites of your eyes tonight. He is enlisting men of God. He is enlisting women of God right now to become His voice, His man, His woman to stand up against the evil of this hour and speak boldly. Are you with me tonight? I believe you're with me tonight. I believe that we're in an extraordinary historic era. We have, we have come into this brand new year. Thank God that we are alive to see this day and to come into this new historic era, this brand new era and a brand new decade. We believe we are, we are under a strong conviction that we are moving into the greatest outpouring that the world has ever seen of the Holy Spirit, of miracles, healings, and wonders of the body of Christ becoming the sons and daughters of the living God, releasing deliverance, hope, miracles, power on display. That's the company that we are, and that's the company that we are a part of globally around the world. Are you hearing me? Yes, you are. I want you to look for just a moment, and I want to read a passage of Scripture, just a few verses in Romans chapter 13. I want to read it out of two translations tonight. I'm going to read, first of, first of all, out of the, the New King James, and then out of the Passion Translation. I'm in the New King James right now. Let every soul be subject to governing authorities. Are you there? Can I start reading? Are you there? Let every soul be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works. You see that? This, now, now this gives qualification. If, if a leader is really from the Lord and he's raised up, then you'll see the following qualifications will follow them. It, this will be the fruit. Therefore, whoever, uh, I'm sorry, verse 3, for the rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil. Notice that. A, a, a true leader that God raises up, they literally become a terror to evil. You all seeing that? They become a strong terror to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he, for he is God's minister for you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister. Wow, that's amazing. 
They're saying those that are raised up by God for godly leadership and authority. They are God's minister. And watch this. They are an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Whoa. Therefore, you must be subject not only to those because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay your taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this thing. Render, therefore, all that is due, taxes to those whom taxes are due, customs to those who customs are due, fear to, to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another, who, who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, I want to read to you out of the Passion Translation, if you have that. And I want to jump right into it. Every person must submit to and support the authorities over him. There can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. For civil authorities don't intimidate those who are doing good. That makes total sense, right? But those who are doing evil, do what is right, and you'll never have need to fear those in authority. They will commend you for your good citizenship. Verse 4, those in authority are their God's servants for the good of society. Notice that. God's servants are for the good of society. But if you break the law, you have reason to be alarmed for they are God's agents of punishment to bring criminals to justice. Why do you think they carry weapons? You are compelled to obey them, not just to avoid punishment, but because you want to live with a clean conscience. This is also the reason you pay your taxes for governmental authorities are God's officials who oversee these things so it is your duty to pay all of your taxes somebody say amen it's our duty to pay all of our taxes amen come on church and the fees that are required um, to the respect of those who are worthy of respect honoring them accordingly don't owe anything to anyone except your outstanding debt to continually love one another for the one who learns to love has fulfilled every requirement of the law. For the commandment says, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And every other commandment can be summed up in these words. Love and value others the same way you love and value yourself. Love makes it impossible to harm another. So love fulfills all that the law requires. I want to speak tonight along the, the lines of what God's true leadership and true authority is designed and anointed to do in the earth. And I want you to take this message tonight personally. I don't want you to push this off to somebody else. I don't want you to think about somebody else out there on the front lines. I want the Holy Spirit to illuminate to you the anointing that has been released on your life and the warfare that you're to engage to bring God's triumph, let's just say God's flags of victory, His flags of triumph, to ascend into those places and plant His flag of justice and righteousness in the earth. Can you see that tonight? I want you to take it personal tonight. In this hour of the church, we have got to get prepared for a very strong divine confrontation against the kingdom of darkness. I want to say again from, from the very beginning of this, as I said last week, folks, we, we are in a 
we are in a heightened window of mercy and grace so that the church can find its true identity in this hour and awaken to who we are called to be, not just sitting back on someone else's courage, someone else's leadership, someone else's authority, but God wants you to move into the richness and the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that he's given to you to possess and take territory. Don't go silence of the lambs on me tonight. Are you with me tonight? Or, come on, are you with me? Our times demand a strong level of courage. Our times demand that we be bold. Our times that, these times demand that we have a, a heart that is very alert, a heart that is very discerning, but also a mouth that is, has the, the tongue of the wise who knows how to speak in this hour, especially against what is being brought forth that is evil. That we have to speak and denounce what is evil. That we have to speak forth and stand against and resist that which is evil. Are you hearing me tonight? We have been at a strong level of a tipping point in our nation for so many years. And you have to understand, and I, I believe we do, but if you're going to speak truth in this hour, you have to be ready for the very strong backlash that will come at you. God wants to groom you with authority and strength and confidence so that you can stand with a degree of backlash that's going to come against you in this hour. Ladies and gentlemen, true Reformation is coming to the United States of America. True revival is coming to the United States of America. And everything that you're seeing going on that is so messy and so bizarre and so out there that you, you just say, I can't believe this is happening. I'm telling you some good news tonight. You're going to see God turn all of these things for our good, for our nation. And through the mess, you're going to see us come in to the glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God and even moving through the cleansing of our government. Come on, shout amen. Reformation is messy, but it's necessary. There is so much that needs to be uprooted. There is so much that needs to be exposed and uprooted. There's so much that needs to be pulled down. There's so much that needs to be torn down. This is language from God. This is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, when he says, I've made you a prophet to uproot, to tear down. Then he goes on to say, to plant and to build. God is in all of that. Did you know that God, God is into uprooting and exposing evil? God is, in, God is into dealing with evil and corruption and unrighteousness and exposing it for all that it is. You know, the Holy Spirit is into that. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he cannot be duped. He cannot be fooled. God is into what is truth. And I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, but the high price for standing for truth, ladies and gentlemen, it'll never go on sale. It'll never be marked down for sale. I want to ask you a question tonight, a few questions as we're putting this together and we're flowing. A person who stands in the pulpit and says these words that says, we're not going to allow politics into this church. I want to ask you a question. Is he right? No, 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 no. no. I just want it to sink in. The, 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 the minister or the leader that gets in the pulpit that says, we're not going to allow politics in our church. Is he right? Maybe, maybe he was right back in the 1950s. <laughs> maybe when we were still in a, a bubble of civil discourse, when there was like bipartisan ideas. But I will tell you tonight that that day is long gone. That day is long gone. We are living in a day, folks, where the left has turned politics into something new. Strap in tonight. Are you here? They've turned it into something 
brand new. Now they have literally made politics a weapon for oppression. It is a weapon for censoring. It is a weapon of oppression. It is a weapon of oppression. Let me shoot straight tonight. Their weapons are warfare against Christianity. They are warfare against Christianity. The first responsibility of a pastor is to protect the sheep that they care for. Somebody say amen in this house. If I was, a, if I was an inner city pastor, we all know what that looks like or what that means. If, if we were in a ghetto area, if I was to stand up and begin to speak about our neighboring culture of prostitution or human trafficking or gangs, uh, gang violence or drug dealers, what, why would I do that? Because it applies to the everyday life of what is affecting every family. If an inner city pastor doesn't get up and speak to that which is really affecting the people that he leads, he's totally ineffective. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't speak about what is ambushing and sabotaging the people that you lead, you're not a good leader. Are you hearing me tonight? A pastor who refuses to clarify their political stance today is tragically ignoring major hazards that people face every day. This is not going to be a revelation, but how many of you know that politics hurts? Y'all know that? Politics hurts. But I, for one, I cannot ignore the affliction that politics is putting upon the people of God in this hour that the church has got to radically deal with and become bold and courageous now. I want you to think about this. Politics have become weaponized for censorship. Politics have become a weapon of persecution. Politics has cost Christian bakers their businesses that they've pioneered. Think of that. Politics is getting believers fired right now by the left in Silicon Valley in California. How many of you know that? Politics can get one of our students expelled from our universities or colleges. How many of you know that? Politics is why you and I are accused of using hate speech. And actually, it's a speech that's just normal in your Bibles that sit in your lap. Politics is why many Christian outlets have even stopped performing marriages. Think about that. Politics is why our tax dollars that we pay right now are going towards the holocaust of abortion. Politics. That has put a horrible curse on our land. And God is still pleading with His people. Saying, if my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I not only, I not only want to forgive their sins, I desire to heal their land. He desires to heal America at its core, at its very inner core and fabric in the DNA of our nation. God longs to heal this great nation. It's amazing to me that we have a party right now in America that has totally denounced God. It's amazing to me that we have a party right now that have literally told God to get out. They boo God or they boo Israel at their assemblies and at their conventions. They champion everything that our Bibles condemn. Are you listening tonight? This radical left gladly finances terror, gives criminals constitutional rights. Some of you are wondering, wow, man, I, I, I don't hear this kind of stuff in church. It's a new day. We're in a totally different season. Folks, we're not in the 1990s. We're in a brand new day. 
You need an upgrade and modernize because where we're going, we are going to have to speak truth uncompromised. Staying out of politics is actually a recent trend of a lot of churches, especially the mega churches from the, Calif- from, from the Carolinas to California. It's a massive trend. We're staying out of politics. How's that working out for us? And I've been saying for a long time, I mean, we, the, the church can go on having great meetings. The, the church can go on having wonderful, refreshing meetings, and yet all the while the devil will continue to disciple America. Disciple the universities. Are you hearing me? That's going to change this decade. That's going to change this decade. Glory to God. You listen to some famous preachers and, and you would think that God has never led his people to deal in the realm of politics. All you have to do is look at our history as a nation, folks. The finest men and women of God that hold moral and ethical fiber in their being. You know where they came out of? They came out of pulpits and they came out of the church to serve our great nation. During the Revolutionary War, there were even what was called the Black Robe Regiment, and they were literally preachers that went and fought under George Washington to secure our victory and our nation. It's happening again, folks. God is enlisting, not just leaders and pulpits. God is enlisting everyone. He needs you now. I say be courageous and answer your calling. Wow. Charles Finney. Charles Finney. He was a mighty, unstoppable revivalist. He was an evangelist that was part of the second great awakening from our country. One of the greatest revivalists that ever walked the soil of America, Charles Finney. This is what he said. These are the words of Charles Finney. He said, no man can possibly be benevolent or religious to the full extent of his obligation without concerning himself or herself to a greater or less extent with the affairs of human government. Now, I'm preaching to the text tonight. We're going somewhere. Are you coming with me? Government is given by God. Government is given by God. You need to write this down tonight. Isaiah 33, verse 22. Government is given by God. And and this may surprise some of you, but actually government is actually to model on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven, we're saying that the government of God would have its full extent and rule and reign from the Carolinas to California. When you pray on earth as it is in heaven, you're praying for the government of God to be established here. you got to understand that, folks. See, there is government in the kingdom. The, the, the kingdom is not a free-for-all. You know, a free-for-all is a total mess. Do you all know that? But in the kingdom, there's freedom and liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, come on, preach to me, there is. Thank you, thank you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, it is not a free-for-all. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is government. Watch this. In Isaiah 33, verse 22, it says, For the Lord is our judge, for the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, He will save us. Do you see those words? The Lord is our judge. What is that? The judge is our judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver. That is our legislation branch, legislative branch. The Lord is our king. What is that? That's our executive branch. These are literally our three branches of government right out of Scripture. The Lord is our judge. He's our lawgiver. He's our king. Judicial, legislative, executive branches. It's modeling heaven. This is where the framers got this. It came literally right out of the word of God. Charles Finney went on to say these words. Listen to this. Charles Finney, he went on to say, if there is a decay in conscience, and this this is a hard quote for me personally. If there is a decay in the conscience, 
The pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discernment, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in Christianity, the pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in the halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If politics becomes so corrupt, that the very foundation of our government are ready to fall apart, the pulpit is responsible for it. My God, church. My God, church. And the church has been utterly quiet. The church has been silent on so many issues and so confused, wandering in circles. I'm telling you, this year... And this decade, there is going to be a trumpet, pun intended, (laughs) trumpet clarion call from God. That the Holy Spirit is assembling and ordering the steps of His bride and His body to bring the kingdom of God to the nations of the earth. He's assembling His avengers even now. He's assembling his leadership even now. He is assembling those who will be the avengers upon evil. There is going to be a manifestation of God on his people that is going to cause so many to fear and tremble because they will recognize that is the righteousness of God. From his deathbed in, in 1791... These are the words of the great John Wesley. 1791, he penned a letter to William Wilberforce. How many of you know who William Wilberforce was? He was the mighty instrument that God raised up to abolish slavery in England. He gave his life to the parliament of being used in England's parliament for 40 years. He fought against slavery. And he won a victory. I could talk about Wilberforce. You want to do a study on on a man's life of courage and and giving himself to the high calling of God. You know, it's amazing when, when you when you just when you study and look at William Wilberforce's life, he fought with others in the high places of government to bring freedom from the captivity of slavery to England. And yet in this nation, under Abraham Lincoln, it costed us over 600,000 lives to end slavery. Do, do a study sometime on that comparison, the, the comparison of warfare. Powerful. Listen to these words. This is John Wesley, what he wrote, and I quote, and I quote, And I want to set this up right. This is a letter that John Wesley wrote to William Wilberforce. William was saved underneath the ministry of John Wesley. And he wrote him this letter, and I I grabbed just a few of the words in this. And he he says to William, he says, Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God is for you, who can be against you? All of them together, are they stronger than God? Oh, be not weary, William, in well-doing. Go on in the name of God and in the power of His might. I'm thankful that he penned those words to William Wilberforce. I want to encourage somebody out here tonight to be mighty in God. Mighty in God. Fierce in God. None of us understand how controversial the times were for William Wilberforce to stand up against slave trade there in England. No one knows what it was like to to walk through that epic warfare and battle through that time for freedom. Many in the church at that time, were actually caught up in the outrageous abuse of Scripture. Many in the church thought at that time it was their divine right to own slaves. What a twisting of Scripture. 
a horrendous twisting of Scripture. But it's amazing right now that we have liberal policies that are actually enslaving the poor by making them wholly dependent upon social, social programs right now. See, the plantations are very different. If you look in this hour, the plantations are very different. They had plantations back then for cash crops. But today, they're harvesting votes out of the plantations they've now created. Are you thinking? Are you listening? I, I believe tonight that we need to be reminded who we are and who we are not. Who we are not. We are, we are not some angry mob that is bent on creating a theocracy, are we? We are called to rise up and act against evil. We are to speak against evil. We are to push back against evil. I, I for one, refuse to be tucked into this, this corner in the church sector to be told, look, this is our new normal as a country, and you just got to settle for it. This is our new normal. No, it's not. God, I've got to say it again, God is warring to win our nation back and bring our nation to him. And he's enlisting you, and he's enlisting me. Will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? Believers need to be encouraged today by leadership to share their faith. To speak what the word of God says. To honor God through the word. The pastor who just lays this all out in front of the people, guaranteed he's going to lose some folks. Y'all know that? A lot of pastors are playing it safe. But if you will put it out there before the people, surely you're going to lose some folks. But you're going to see champions arise in men and women and burning ones in strength rise up and do great exploits. We need those today with burning love, but also with powerful convictions. We need those who can discern good from evil. We need those who can give an answer with wisdom and conviction and love. I'm trying to encourage someone tonight. I believe someone in this room needs, needs to hear me say, you are not a bigot. You are not a bigot for standing up for the truth of God's word and speaking it powerfully. I hope that encourages you to speak. Keep on keeping on. I want you to go back to Romans chapter 13. And now we're going to look at the scripture again with some fresh eyes. And he says, let every soul be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist, they are appointed by God. It goes on in verse 4. He says, they are literally God's ministers. They are avengers to execute wrath on those who practice evil. The question is tonight is, do we stay out of politics and just submit to government no matter what? Think about it. Do we just stay out of politics and do we just surrender and submit to, to the government no matter what? No, no sane person in this room would believe that Hitler was God's divine choice for Germany. Hello. Oh, but God raises up authority. No, folks, no. God didn't raise up Hitler. No sane person believes that. See, God works through people who restrain evil. I'm going to say it again. God works through people who restrain evil. Notice what it says. The authorities that exist, and I want to say it to you like this. It means that they are endorsed by God by the proof that they are fighting and warring against evil and bringing righteousness and justice. They're to go after rogue authority. Did you know Satan is rogue authority? God is raising up leaders, he says in this verse, to be his mighty avengers and to execute wrath on those who practice evil. Bonhoeffer said these words. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, Silence in the face of evil 
is itself evil. And God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. And not to act is to act. Are you following this tonight? We've got to stay in this fight of faith. And we've got to stay in this fight for our nation in prayer and intercession, but also in righteous action. I want to ask you a question tonight. Can, can nations pick evil leaders to rule over them? It's a pretty simple question, isn't it? Absolutely. Can nations pick or vote in leadership that are evil? Well, if you read the scriptures, you find out that Israel did it themselves. I want to read you a scripture out of 1 Samuel chapter 8 tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. It says, but this thing, it displeased Samuel, the prophet, when they said, give us a king to judge us. Remember when the children of Israel were crying out for a king to be led. This this thing was grieving to the prophet Samuel because Israel was crying out to God, give us a king to lead us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you. This is God. Samuel, they've not rejected you. They have rejected me. That I should not reign over them. Do you see that? Nations can actually vote in the wrong people. We just, we just read a scripture, folks. And, and don't be duped. We just read a scripture that says that all authority is raised up divinely and ordained by God. But there is a proof to those who are actually ordained and raised up by God. If they don't meet the qualifications, guess what? They're not raised up by God. If they endorse evil, they're not, they're not endorsed by God. If they push evil on a society, they're not ordained and blessed by God. Don't tell me that that Barack Obama was God's choice for America. There is a massive stockpile of moral and ethical wreckage and carnage to prove he was not raised up by God. But God sovereignly used him to awaken a sleeping church to pray. Now it's going to get quiet in this Methodist church tonight. It wasn't that long ago that he lit up that White House in a rainbow. It wasn't that long ago, and I haven't forgotten. See, when ministers just sit by and they're lazy and they say, look, God is in control and we just need to stay out of politics, they are utterly wrong. They're utterly wrong, folks. Jesus spoke of a time in Matthew 13, and he said, he gave us a story, and he said, there are wheat and tares growing together. And the master of the field came and said, man, I thought we, I thought we cleaned this field right. I thought we prepared this field accurately. How in the world, how in the world are there tares growing in this field? And he says, oh, let me tell you what happened. Satan came in the night. Satan came in the night, and he planted his seeds And now they're growing up right alongside the wheat. And they said, what should we do? Should we go and rip them out? He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, let them grow together. But at the end of the age, he said, my father will send forth his mighty angels and they will tear out the tares out of the field and bundle them together for the fire to be destroyed. But he will gather into the wheat together, into the barn, the wheat for everlasting joy. You know, folks, we are racing to the end of the age. And the greatest news of all is we are racing to the time where the King of glory is going to come to the earth. And His kingdom is coming with Him. It's amazing that German believers and German Christian leaders, they abuse the Scripture in Romans 13. And they believed because of this scripture that God had raised up Hitler and they were just blindly supposed to follow him into the pit of the abyss. 
Now, that's amazing. When we, when we step back and we look at it, we say, how in the world could they have done that? Yet, look, look where we are. Wow. Wow. Bonhoeffer was a man who stood up against the twisting of Scripture. And this is his words. He says, I love my country, speaking of the nation of Germany. He says, I love my country, but I will give to my country everything except for one thing, and that is my conscience. That belongs to the kingdom of God. And when they clash, my conscience will only bow to the kingdom of God. Wow. We have a mandate in this hour to get involved and to do the work that God is doing now to save our nation. I'm going to read to you the words of the Apostle Peter as he began to speak against a rogue authority, and it's found in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, if you're going there tonight. Do you know the Apostle Peter violated a direct order from a rogue civil authority. Did you know that? Think about that. The apostle Peter went, violated completely a a direct order from a rogue civil authority. Watch this. I'm in verse 18. Are you there? So they called them and they command them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether... It is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and that which we have heard. Wow. Wow. See, folks, let's be clear. The church did not pick this fight that we're in. Did you know that? The church did not pick this fight that we are in tonight. Let me say it to you like this. We didn't just just aimlessly wander into politics. Right now, the world is invading the church. Right now, that's why we have been in an epic avalanche in the church because culture is invading the church. They're the ones that jumped the fence and came into our field. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We did not spiritualize politics, folks. They're literally politicizing spirituality. You think it's not true? You look at Nancy Pelosi right now. <laughs> and God's going to deal with her. <laughs> Refusing, write this down tonight. Refusing to obey man's anti-God laws is not a violation of Romans 13. Refusing to obey man's anti-God laws is not a violation of Romans 13. It's actually a confirmation to it. You cannot obey an evil law without disobeying a divine law. I'm going to say it again. Listen. You cannot obey an evil law without disobeying a divine law. Jesus even said this. He made it very clear. You can't serve two masters. Are you hearing me? I thank God for President Trump. I truly do. I thank God for President Trump. I thank God for his leadership. I thank God for his wisdom. What the Lord is accomplishing through his life is extraordinary. Is extraordinary. And we're to pray for him and bless him every day. But I want to say again, folks, I'm not trying to offend you. The answer for America is not just Donald Trump. It is the church. We are in a window in an hour of mercy where the church has to find their identity and find their voice and find their authority to stand up in a day of evil and wage a good warfare to bring victory and triumph over the works of darkness. And it is coming. There are those that are answering divine calls right now to go in 
to the government mountain. There are those that are answering the divine call to go into the media mountain. Are you with me? There are those that are answering the call to go wherever God has called you. If you, if you feel, like Brent said, if when you feel that burning to go into the educational mountain or to that governmental mountain, then begin to take the steps and the anointing to go courageously and do what God has anointed you, anointed you to do. Take the steps. Take the steps. I want you to look at this scripture tonight, Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Father, we thank you for mercy tonight. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for grace. We thank you, God, for this time of awakening in the bride, in the body, God, that you are getting us ready for this hour, for this decade of power and glory and demonstration of the Spirit, God, that your church will become a mighty voice for you in this hour, bringing this nation back to righteousness and justice once again. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 59, speaking of the Lord himself, listen to these words in verse 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. This is speaking of God, folks. He put on the garments of vengeance. Remember where we started at the beginning of this psalm. He's a God of vengeance, folks. He put on a garment of vengeance for clothing, and he was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west. And his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I want you to see the Lord as a mighty avenger of righteousness and justice coming to bring vengeance. I want you to see this. Some of us haven't seen Jesus outside of meek and mild and it's almost... You know, we got these glorious visions of Jesus in a white nighty, flowing hair, you know, bright blue eyes floating around, blessing people, looking like a, a glorified Brad Pitt or something like that. <laughs> I want you to see Jesus as the mighty warrior king. I want you to see Jesus as the mighty warrior king who will not relent till he wins this nation back to him. I want you to see him clothing himself, clothing himself in the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the garments of vengeance for his clothing, cladding himself with zeal as a cloak to bring recompense upon his enemies. You know, folks, the churches embrace such a bizarre, false message in this hour. We can't even hardly conceive of God bringing justice. We can hardly conceive of God judging something and saying enough, no more, and bringing penalty upon it. Our, our soulish realm... Look this way. Our minds are so taxed every day. There is so much warfare. There is so much bombardment of the media. You don't think about how much you're actually going through and what is going through the sound waves and your, your news bites and your news alarms and, and the alarms that are coming over the news of your phone. Think of all that it is doing taxing you. Do you know who knows that the most? The lover of your soul. The Lord loves your mind. The Lord loves your thought life. He loves that realm of your life. And he knows the injustice and the unrighteousness that has come against us. 
And I'm going to tell you, he hates it. And he is coming to bring vengeance. And he's coming to bring righteousness. We're going to see a different type of move of God in this decade. We're not just going to see bodies hit the ground and shake and laugh and weep. We're not just going to see people healed. and We're going to see all that. But we're going to see a different realm of the kingdom because it, the kingdom is about to come in its fullness of the appearing of Jesus bodily as the Son of God, the Son of Man to this earth. He's coming as a roaring, conquering king. Thank you. We're going to see a different style of a move of God. I believe we're going to see God's righteousness and justice through the body of Christ on display. It'll shock the world. It's going to take people who are bold, who will speak the truth in love and speak it in power. God wants you to stand against evil in this hour. Do not be complicit to it. Do not yield to it. Do not allow there to be a mixture in you in this hour. Don't you let the enemy water you down. Don't allow any religious wet blankets to get around you and say, no, you're too radical, you're too on fire. feel like there's a summoning from the Holy Spirit. There's this grand invitation that's going out from the Spirit of God that's going to cause us, if we answer Him, it's going to cause us to be moved into a time, and some of, some of us in here are already in it, of great pruning, of great transformation, of great change. But I feel like there's a summoning of the Holy Spirit and an invitation from the Holy Spirit that is going out that will cause us to go through a great metamorphosis and a transformation that we come out on the other side looking completely different as mighty, mighty warriors for God. Not just sweet, not just nice Christians. I will say it to you like this. I keep seeing it as a transformation from a lamb to a lion. And it's the transformation that Jesus went through himself. He came as the, the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. But he is coming as the mighty triumphant lion of Judah to rule and reign. And do you know that as he is, so are we in this world. We are going through the same transformation. You are in that transformation. You are, you are in the metamorphosis right now of becoming a mighty lion for God and a mighty lioness for God. You're not a bigot. No, you're not. You're called out and you're separated unto God. You're called holy. You're called righteous. And you don't have to apologize for that. We can win this nation. We can win this nation. America is ripe for the taking. America is ripe for the taking now. I'm going to go back and I'm going to close right here to Paul's words in Romans 13. When God raises up authorities, when God raises up true authorities and true governors, who are they? They are the ones that execute righteousness on evil. That's who they are. I want you to stand tonight. Yep, thank you for reminding me. We're going to receive that offering. Cody, I want you to come. I want you to put your hands out.
Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, your word says that the kingdom of heaven, it suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. And I thank you, God, for tenacity and a boldness to step in to a realm of authority and anointing that we have not yet seen. Lord God, I bless Victory Church of His presence. I bless Light the Fire Ministries, and I bless the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, that your work of grace and your work of power will work in us to bring glory to Jesus and reveal your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven in this hour. I pray for an anointing and and a wisdom from heaven. A wisdom from heaven, a grace from heaven, Lord, to step in to places that have been set off off limits. That have, I just see, I see the tape stretched out, the cautionary lines that says, no, you can't go past these barriers. Here's the caution tape. But I see you and I walking boldly into that which has said, no, off limits here, no. It's our territory to take and to bring his kingdom and his rule. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless you. The anointing of the Holy Ghost increase upon you. You become a voice for God. You become the mouthpiece of God. That his wisdom is heard in you. His truth is bannered in you. That your life preaches the message and the testament of the power of God. I bless you to be bold. I bless you to be strong. And I remind you tonight that the Lord our God is with you wherever you go. And wherever your feet go, that you take authority and you take possession. The Lord your God is with you. The Lord has surrounded you with a heavenly host. And he is keeping you safe under the shadow of his wing. And I thank you, God, for grace tonight that is coming. I thank you for a gift. I thank you for another measure tonight that is coming, that is going to manifest in the near future. It's going to be very different. It's going to be very different. A new authority, a new confidence is yours, a new authority, a new boldness, a new realm of wisdom, insight. Prophetic revelation will be yours. Soundness. When everyone else is confused, soundness is yours. Truth will be your bedrock. I bless you in Jesus' name. Anointing. Anointing. Fire from heaven tonight. Fire from heaven. Fire from heaven tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tonight you may want to you may want to confess this again. I am your ambassador, Lord. I am your messenger. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.